Amen. Come on, stand on your feet all over this place. Let's give the Lord the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserves. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. As a matter of fact, we ought to be able to say this is a new year that the Lord has made. How many of y'all are glad that God has allowed for you to cross over and see a new year? That's enough to give God praise. Let me try that one more time. Because guess what? COVID didn't take you out. Cancer didn't take you out. Craziness didn't take you out. Diabetes didn't take you out. You're still here. That's enough to give God praise. Amen, 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 amen. I know we're not still where we would love to be, but my God, I'm just glad to be alive. Well, it's the first Sunday of the new year. Want to say good morning to all of those that are watching us online. If you're on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room or our church website, welcome to what we call St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So real quick, we want to invite you to share this experience with others. If you're on Facebook, share in your personal timeline, tag those you want to invite within this post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are over 1,600 people on our YouTube channel that are subscribers. I want to, before this year is out, get it up to at least 2,000. Text the link to the worship service in your personal network. And if you're in our chat room on our church website, click the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. Also, if, as you're watching us online, do me this favor. I would love to know where you're watching us from. So if you would, in the chat, just place your location where you're watching us from. Amen. And we'll give you a shout out as far as being online. Uh, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Minister Ben Pate is going to come and he's going to lead us in our worship experience uh, this morning. Um, as he comes and give us a call to worship, you all can be seated. Let's put our hands together. Let's put our hands together. We serve a mighty God. We serve an awesome God. We have spirit looking at a new year. God has blessed us. He has brought us into this new year. We thank God for all the great things that he's going to do. We would like you to come worship with us, whether you're online or in the sanctuary, as we begin to open up with our open, opening congregational hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy.
Our scripture lesson will be found this morning in the book of Psalm, the 34th chapter, and we will be reading verses 1 through 8. I will be reading from the New King James Version. Psalm, chapter 34, verses 1 through 8, and it reads, Elihu further answered and said, Hear my words, you wise men. Give ear to me, you who have knowledge, for the ear tests words as plants taste food. Let us choose justice for ourselves. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job had said, I am righteous, but God has taken away my justice. Should I, should I lie concerning my right? My wound is incurable, though I am without transgression. What man is like Job, 
who drinks scorn like water, who goes and campaigning with the, with the workers of iniquity and walks with wicked men. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us go to God in prayer. God, our Father. God, our provider. God, our everything. We thank you. We glorify you. We honor you. God, 2021 was rough for so many people. But we know that God, you are the God of our transition and you graciously hold us through every season. And because of that, we give you praise. Even if we are hurt, God, we still give you praise and we lift your name high. So come into this place, have your way, move away all distractions. Give us the peace we need to worship God in spirit and in truth. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
watching us online as well as those that are in the house we thank God for you being alive and being able to join us as far as worship is concerned I think just giving God praise for being alive is a wonderful tribute to our God wonderful tribute to our God it's so good to see uh, those who have pressed your way as far as this morning is concerned I got several things I want to share with you all before we move toward a moment of consecration uh, in our spaces today. First of all, I just want to thank Minister Eric Edwards for doing a wonderful job last week. We're preaching the word here. And um, I thank you all for giving him your amens and your prayers and your support. Thank you all so, so very, very much. Um, we're going to be starting back up Sunday morning live next Sunday. Um, and um, uh, we won't host our uh, classes as far as our um, uh, children and teens are concerned. We'll start that next Sunday. Um, I believe that the adults started back today. And so um, get reconnected as far as Sunday morning live. We kind of gave the teachers uh, some time off. Uh, we're going to start back Bible study on the 13th of this month. Um, also, this Saturday uh, here at St. Paul, we're going to be hosting 
the one-day session for the um, Women's Auxiliary as far as the, our General Baptist State Convention is concerned. And so you can check us out online with that. Um, I will be preaching. And so we definitely uh, solicit your prayers. Also, just want to let you know that on Saturday, January the 15th, we will start a new session of CEO. That's for all of our new disciples who have joined us. And uh, if you'd like to enroll in this session, contact the office and talk with Deacon Marilyn White. I am in conversation with our team as far as reentry is concerned. Before, we had talked about opening back up Children's Church, and we're going to continue to have conversation as far as that's concerned. Uh, let me just say that on Wednesday, January the 12th, um, we're going to be having COVID vaccinations here at the church from 10 to 5. Uh, that's from 10 to 5. All three formulas will be available. Uh, that's for the first dose, the second dose, and your booster. And so uh, let me just say, if, if you, now you know when I grab the mic off the, off the podium, um, I'm getting real, real serious. Um, if you're not vaccinated, you need to get vaccinated. Um, yeah, you, you, you need, listen, there, there, I, I'm, I'm trying not to, no, I ain't going to say it. No. Remember, I have preached to y'all, everything that comes to your mind don't need to come out your mouth. Um, uh, but, but I will say this, you, you need to get vaccinated. Over the holidays, COVID hit my household. And, um, 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 and, and, and I saw it up close and personal. You need to get vaccinated. And I declare, if, if I weren't vaccinated and boosted and juicy and all that other stuff, I wouldn't be here right now. You need to get vaccinated. Between, watch this, the vaccination and wearing your mask. And, and, and I want to say something about either the cloth mask or the uh, N95. This is the best protection you have. Now, I know some of us have the cloth mask because, you know, we want to, you know, show our style. Ain't nothing wrong with showing your style, but put this underneath. Because the cloth mask does not keep the virus away from you. It's, it has holes in it. But the surgical mask or the N95 will greatly, hear me well, greatly reduce the transmission of this disease. Now, I say all that to say this, that as your pastor, your safety and security is my greatest concern. And I want to do everything that I can uh, as your pastor to make sure that when you come to the St. Paul Church, that you're safe, all right? Uh, we have the capacity to go back to virtual because we've done this and we've done it quite well. Uh, our church has grown uh, even in this digital space. I got 28 people waiting to go through new members class. Um, no, take that back. Take that back, it's 30 because we had three to join the other night uh, doing watch night. So I got at least 30-some folks waiting to go through new members class. But, but, but here's what I want to impress upon you. This is no longer a pandemic. 
it's an endemic. The difference between a pandemic and endemic is you want to try to end a pandemic. Endemic means it's going to be with you for a long time. We're going to be in this mode, this mode for at least, hear me and hear me well, in my own estimation, three to five years. So we got to learn how to live with it. All right, we got to learn how to live with it. And I'm trying to do everything I can to keep our doors open and to keep you safe. Now, for those that listen to me online as well as those that are in the house, hear me and hear me well. I'm at the point right now, if your panky toe hurt, don't come to church. Okay? If you're not feeling well in any shape, form, don't come to church. Don't, pre- don't come and make somebody else sick. That's not being a good neighbor. If you don't feel well, if that, and, and that's why, you know, I know that some folks say, well, even with you doing temp checks, that don't mean you can catch it. But guess what? If we see your temp is up, we're going to send you back home. Amen. Amen. We're going to send you back home. We're going to say, so, so we need for you to, we're going to continue to do temp checks. We're going to continue to have you to practice social distancing if you come here. But I don't want to go back to where we were in 2020. So we need you to help us so that we can continue to have in-person worship. And, and so that, that, that means, that means, hear me well, follow the directions of our ushers when you come here. They are an extension of me. Um, uh, that, that, that means you got to wear your mask over your nose and your mouth. And you got to practice social distancing. Of course, washing your hands and using sanitizer and things like that. Um, but we're keeping an eye on, on the numbers. And we are keenly aware that Omicron is different than Delta. We don't know what other variants are going to come, come up and come out. But we want to do it, everything we can to keep you safe and to keep things. I had even some of uh, my staff has called and said, you know, I was exposed and I hadn't been tested and da, 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 da. I said, you stay home. We'll see you on next go around. Um, thank God that when uh, Pierre and I got tested, uh, our test came back negative. Um, uh, and I thank God for that. But listen, you never know when you got what. And you just got to assume everybody got it. Just got to make that assumption. So we, we got to do everything we can to make sure and to ensure that we are as safe and as secure as possible. So uh, I want to, again, encourage you, uh, wear a surgical or N95 mask over your pretty mask. Um, um, uh, Practice social distancing. And for God's sake, get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. I, I'm I'm so I'm so I, I'm so tired of, of 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 hearing about folks who didn't get vaccinated, who didn't believe in the vaccination, and they die. You you don't have to die from COVID. You can die from a whole lot of other stuff, but COVID ain't got to be one of them. You don't have to die from COVID. And let me just say this again, and I know I'm on a long tangent, but it's first Sunday. And I'm trying to set the tone and tune for, for this year. 
even when you get vaccinated, doesn't mean you can't get the vaccine. I mean, can't get COVID. But I believe I got a few witnesses in the house that will testify that because you are vaccine COVID, vaccinated, COVID didn't take you out. Because I know there's some folks in the house who had COVID, but you were vaccinated. And, and it hit you. And it hit you well. It hit you hard. But you didn't have to be put on the ventilator. And you didn't have to go to the hospital. And they didn't have to do a whole lot of other stuff. So I, I need you to tell your family friend, get vaccinated. We're doing a clinic here on January the 12th. But also at the same time, uh, don't wait till January the 12th. If you can find some place, drugstore, urgent care, whatever, to go and get vaccinated. Amen? That's my uh, uh, health challenge for you all for this, uh, this time. And, and, and um, uh, yeah, that's, that's my, my health call. If there's any action that I want you to take, if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. And if you're not boosted, Get boosted. All right? All right. Evelyn, did I do okay? Was that all right? Okay. All right. Okay. Evelyn's part of our medical team, and so they keep me on point. All right. We want to, um, this month, um, since I've been here, um, since 2017, I introduced what I call moments of consecration. So every month, every Sunday this month, we're going to be doing... um, a moment of uh, making a recommitment to our Lord, either by consecration, becoming a giver, uh, time for leadership and things of that sort. So today we're going to have a litany for consecration. And in the past, we would anoint folks with oil. um, But because of COVID, we're practicing social distancing, so we're not going to do all that. Um, But what I do want you to do is to... um, if you can check out the screen, there'll be a part that you're asked to repeat and there'll be a part that um, I'm going to do. So I'm going to ask that you will stand at this time as we prepare for this litany of consecration. And on the screen, you'll see your part. Those that are watching us at home, you should see your part as well. Today, we come before God and this congregation because we desire to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Our discipleship is the ebb and flow of learning, doing, growing, falling down, and getting back up. We are striving to be better disciples with the aid of the Spirit. So today we come to be set apart and consecrate ourselves to be used by God for 2022 disciples. Consecration is a serious moment in the life of a disciple. It means we are setting ourselves apart to be used by God. However, there cannot be authentic consecration without true repentance, disciples.
Therefore, as we present ourselves to be consecrated, to be anointed for service to God's word, we come to God and ask for forgiveness of our sins. We repent, O God, and pray you will give us the power to make the changes that will please you, disciples. We have to repent because we don't take worship seriously. We have to repent because we did not make ourselves available to be discipled through teaching, modeling, and mentoring. We have not been honest with our stewardship. We are sorry, oh God. relationships have not been valued as they should. We repent God. The local church is the fellowship by which we share and grow. We come together physically and virtually to do life. But there are times when seeds of death are sown in our actions because of immaturity and inactivity. We're sorry for messing up the fellowship, disciples. forgive us for these grievances we have committed against you and each other. Help us to be the people and the place where your love abounds, your grace is plentiful, your forgiveness is experienced, your blessings are poured out, your generosity is witnessed, your grace is granted, and your healing is done. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of your Lord and consider yourselves set apart for 2022. As we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer at this time, we have several concerns we want to share before you. For the family of Sister Carolyn Johnson Barlow, she is the sister of Disciple Roosevelt Johnson. Uh, her services are going to be this Tuesday in Richmond, Virginia. We want to lift Roosevelt up in prayer. The family of Sister Mary P. Steele, Disciple Mary P. Steele, uh, the mother of Disciple Jatanya Steele, Brother Sean Steele, and Brother LaVard Steele. Her services will be this Wednesday here at the church, quiet hour at 11, and the service is at noon. The family of Sister Disciple Evelyn Howard, uh, 
sister of disciple Brenda Howard, those services will be on Thursday, January the 6th here at St. Paul, quiet hour at 11 and services at noon. We also want to keep in uh, lifted up in prayer the family of Sister Fame Clay. She's the sister of Lane Sales. Her services were this Thursday. The family of Brother Bernice Biddle. He is the brother of Disciple Deacon Brenda Kennedy and Ralph Biddle. And his services were held Thursday uh, at the Charlotte Northeast Seventh-day Adventist Church. We want to continue to lift that family in prayer. And the family of Brother James Robert Godwin. He is the father-in-law of Disciple Judah Godwin. We want to keep him, that family, lifted up in prayer. We also want to lift up Reverend Adrian Phillips and her family, Hattie Weathers, of course, Dr. and Mrs. Uh, Paul and Thomasina Drummond. We want to continue to lift them up in prayer. And you may have some prayer concerns that you want to bring before God. And so we bring all of that to the Lord at this time. I'm going to ask that Minister Pate will come. He's going to lead us in prayer. And we're going to seal all of this at this moment. Oh, gracious God, our Father, we come to you thanking you once again, God, for all the great things that you have done. God, for the names that have been called, for the bereaved families that are transitioning through grief right now, God, we pray a special blessing upon their lives. God, to help them through this time of grief. God, we mourn with those that mourn, God. And God, we lift them up to you because we know that you can take care of them in this season. God, for those that are sick and shut in, we pray for healing, God. We pray for your healing power to touch their body and renew them, Father, Father God, in the way that they need to be renewed. God, you have already taken care of our yesterday. You are working in our present, and we know you already have plans for our tomorrow. So, God, we look to you knowing that, God, you have everything under control. God, the things that we cannot control, we hand them to you. For the silent prayers, God, that are, are going up right now. For those that are in the congregation, God, with prayer requests, God, with concerns, God, with things that are on their minds. God, we ask you that you, you take them right now and you handle the situation. Begin to move mightily in every single situation, every single prayer request, God. God, we give you the honor. We give you the praise and the glory. It is in Jesus' name. Can you give God praise if you believe that God is answering your prayer? Amen. It is time to give. Before we give, um, I just, for those that, how many of you all were with us for our New Year's Eve service? Didn't we have church? My God, my God. Let, let me just say that if you weren't here, go and check out the New Year's Eve service here at St. Paul. Um, the Lord moved in a mighty way. And I think that one of the critical things that I just want to share is we did a moment of lament. We had the name of all persons that we were aware of who had died from COVID or complications of COVID from 2019 up until now. And we did a moment of lament that was repaired by Reverend Brenda Richardson. And it was so moving. And we just took our time. And we had church. We had church. We did praise and worship. We did a whole lot of stuff. We had church. Um, um, and then for the memorial moment, 
uh, we had, of course, the opportunity to reflect upon all of those who have died in 2020. So if you haven't checked that out, go back and check that out. It, it, it will bless you. I, I will say this, that when we did the memorial service, my God, uh, Scott and the musicians, they did what we call shedding as far as music is concerned. They did that doggone thing. They did it. They did it. So we had a wonderful, wonderful time. Well, listen, this is the first offering of the new year. First offering of the new year. First offering of the new year. And um, I want to challenge us because I want us to become a tithing, 100% tithing congregation, a tithing church. And so if you're not tithing, I want you to try to practice that for this year. Uh, but we're getting ready to receive the Lord's offering. For those that are tithing, thank you so much for being obedient, and God will stretch your faith. For those that aren't tithing, I want to encourage you. And for those who feel like you don't have to give anything, uh, it's my prayer that God will bother you until you give. Because if you say you are a Christian and you don't give, there's a defect in your understanding of salvation. Um, uh, faith without works is dead. So we're getting ready to give. There are three ways you can give here at St. Paul. The first one is by mailing your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Second way you can give. Or you can bring your cash check or money order to the church. Just call the church office to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. Uh, another way you can give is through our church website, through either ACS or Church Life. And then the other way you can give is through Givelify. You can give through Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download it, connect it to your favorite credit card, and give as far as that manner is concerned. Uh, if you have a physical offering in the house, there's a basket on the row in front of you. And uh, after we pray, you can place it in that basket. You don't have to touch the basket. You can place it in that basket, and you can give. For those that are watching us online, thank you all so very much for all that you do. So uh, if you would, do me this favor. If you have an offering, um, however you're giving, digitally or physically, or if you have already given, just put up your left hand and let's take our offering. Let's lift it to the heavens. We want to give God what's left. Did I say left or right? I'm supposed to put it in right hand, right? Put it in right hand, right hand, shift. We want to give God what's, what's right, not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come right now and we thank you. For the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as kingdom building is concerned. And as we give God, not grudgingly or out of necessity, but out of love and obedience to you. Bless this offering, oh God. First offering of 2022. Uh, sanctified, consecrated, uh, multiplied so that your word, your worth, your worship can go forth. And you get the glory, honor, and praise. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And in his name, we claim it done. Amen. For those that have physical offering, there's a basket in front of you. If you would, place that offering in that basket. Amen. And um, we greatly appreciate it. And we thank God for your obedience.
The God we serve is not only a prayer hearing God, but he is also a prayer answering God. And that's why we can take whatever we're dealing with to the Lord in prayer. Thank you to our music ministry uh, for your level of excellence and uh, faithfulness uh, in this season. Greatly appreciate all that you all um, do. I, I just want to, before I get started, just want to just give a major, major shout out and thanks uh, since we've been in this pandemic mode to our parking ministry, um, to our medical team, to our ushers, our first impression, our media team, our music ministry, our staff, um, uh, for helping me to juggle all these balls and keep stuff from hitting the ground. Uh, thank you all so very much for all that you all have done to ensure, and our deacons, um, uh, for reaching out and uh, contacting our disciples. Um, for those that are watching, you all should be getting some phone calls from our deacons, if you haven't already, just to see how you're doing. Um, and because uh, I know that some haven't been to church in quite some time, but just because you can't get to the building doesn't mean that the church is closed. Amen. We are open and functioning, and the work of the Lord is still going forth. Um, and, and also, I just want to thank our board of directors who um, helped to provide uh, insight and leadership and guidance for all of this craziness as far as navigating. I, I, I'll be honest, and I just got to confess, when we shut down in March of 2020, I thought we were just going to be dealing with this for about a month. Sister Gwen, maybe two. It's going on year three. And it doesn't seem like it's letting up. But we have to, the word, the strategy that we have to take underneath our belt is adaptability. We got to learn how to make shifts. Can't do what we've always done before because what we used to do don't work anymore. So we got to learn how to adapt, and, and you all have uh, done that quite well here at St. Paul, and I want to thank you for uh, giving us the space and the capacity to do that. Um, had we not done some things um, prior to March of 2020, we would not have been able to do a lot of the stuff that we're doing right now. So I want to thank you all for all that you have done. Listen. Um, this is what the Lord has laid on my heart. Exodus chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 15. I want to um, share with you um, uh, what I sense the word Lord has laid on my heart. Um, Exodus 3. And ushers, y'all have been so, just so wonderful and so faithful. Greatly appreciate it. These words are printed in uh, the New King James Version of the Scripture. You probably have read and heard this before. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside and looked, he called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. Then God said, do not draw near this place. Take off your sandals for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So God said, I will certainly be with you. And this should be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say then? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. I want to preach for the time that is mine. The God of freedom, the God of of freedom. Yesterday, 159 years ago, a document by the name of the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect in the United States of America. This document was written and passed during the bloodiest war in Americans' history known as the Civil War in which over 700,000 Americans lost their lives. It was an order by President Abraham Lincoln that, quote, emancipated the slaves in every state that was rebelling against the Union. And it declared the slaves to be free from that point forward forevermore. This became a seminal moment because it created a shift in the war because now newly freed slaves sided with the Union Army. 
The aspect of January the 1st, or the new year, carries both positive and negative connotations. The negative connotations of January the 1st, or New Year's Day, is this. During the time of slavery, January the 1st was the most horrible day for our slave forebearers. Our slave ancestors on January the 1st would have the slave masters put them on the auction block to be rented out to different plantations and farms, tearing families apart forever. This is where the superstition within the black community about whatever you're doing on New Year's Day, you will be doing for the rest of the year. That's where that superstition emerged. Um, the development of what we call watch night services is intricately connected to this time because when the slaves had gotten word that the Emancipation Proclamation was going to go into effect on January the 1st, 1863, they stayed and watched all night long on December the 31st to be able to celebrate that when the clock struck midnight, they would be able to enjoy some of the fruits of freedom, even though they had a sour and biting taste to it. Although President Abraham Lincoln is credited with freeing the slaves, I want to change that understanding. I don't think he freed them, he just fired them. Our slave ancestors were not given any sustainable provisions, economic advantages, or educational opportunities upon their immediate release. In fact, according to Dr. Nicole Hannah-Jones and her seminal work, a new origin story, the 1619 Project, she wrote in our state, liberated by war, they did not seek vengeance from their oppressors, on their oppressors, as so many white Americans feared, rather, they did the opposite, end of quote. Uh, for the most part, our slave forebearers, once they were freed, did not try to take out their slave master. But rather, uh, they sided with the army of the Union to try to get a better life. Dr. Marvin McMickle helps me to appreciate this moment where God moved within the confines and constraints of time and human constructs. Because in his book, Let the Oppressed Go Free, he writes that the heart of the gospel is seeing how God entered human history to condemn those who oppress the poor and the needy, and how God has always acted in powerful ways to bring oppression to an end, end of quote. In other words, St. Paul, in our world and in our culture, we have people seeking freedom from various forms of oppression that enslaves them. And it does not matter whether that oppression is political, economic, financial, spiritual, mental, or yes, even physical. There are people right now who are striving and fighting for liberation from the systems and structures of life, corporations, governments, religion, and yes, national interests that keeps them in bondage. And if we're honest, we have to admit how oppression has created some issues theologically and spiritually for a lot of people to the point where it causes them to question the existence, the validity, and the reality 
of the sovereign God. In other words, is there no deliverance? Does God see? Does God hear? Does God know? Does God care? Where is God in all of this oppression and suffering and madness and craziness? Church, the text I've read for you in our hearing this morning focuses on a pivotal episode in the life and legacy of the great liberator we know as Moses. However, the main actor in this particular rendering is not Moses, it's God. It is how the sovereign God makes an introduction in the book of Exodus to remind Moses and to inform him that the children of Israel's years of oppression are getting ready to come to an end. Part of the reason that we as African Americans, that we as black people identify with the enslaved children of Israel is because their story is our story. Like the first 16 presidents serving as custodians of the corrupted idea of manifest destiny. For over 250 years of American slavery, uh, there is an Exodus story and their various pharaohs. These pharaohs, like the Europeans who came to these shores and stole land from the indigenous people, created an economic system that was based upon free labor of an enslaved people. There came a pharaoh who did not know Joseph, who did not remember Joseph. And if you know anything about the story of the children of Israel, it was Joseph who managed and navigated Egypt out of famine to preserve that nation. Joseph's family was moved from being strangers in a land to, where hospitality was shown to becoming slaves and having to make bricks without straw. But I'm glad to know that God is in the delivering business. In fact, when we think about who God is and all that God has done, God always, always sides with those who are oppressed. And we see in this particular text where the intentionality and the intensity of the sovereign God initiates the move of deliverance on behalf of his beloved children of Israel. In other words, God decides to come down to deliver us. And when God decides to free us, God will use human agencies to carry out God's divine assignment. In other words, God will demonstrate God's power through broken humanity so we can't make the claim we, we delivered ourselves. This is the case where God decided to deliver Israel from Egyptian bondage and use a fugitive from justice by the name of Moses. Isn't it amazing how God will use Moses to bring to pass the will of God? And I'm here to let somebody know that God will use you to bring to pass whatever God wants to do in your life. If you will, notice the movement of the text I read to you this morning. That God revealed God's self by fire and by the past relationship with Moses' ancestors. In the layout of the text, God makes a shift from the past to talk about the present. And God presents his plan to Moses and enlists Moses to be his agent of liberation. Talk about a life change. 
Moses was doing fine where he was. He had evaded the Egyptian FBI for 40 years. He has a family. He was working in the family business. And at the time of the text, Moses is 80 years old. Why should he have to go through a life change of dealing with what God wanted him to do at 80 years old? Why is it at 80, God would call Moses to go and deal with a recalcitrant people known as the children of Israel at 80 years old? But God has something that God wanted Moses to do. And in this text, I just want to share with you a few things that God will do to free God's people from bondage and oppression. And so when you look at the particular text, the first thing that God will do is God initiates. That in verses 1 through 6, God is the one that initiates the movement of freedom for Israel. Israel had been in bondage for 430 years and hadn't done anything to move toward freedom. But it is God who steps into their existential reality to deliver them from the oppression of Pharaoh. The movement towards freedom, beloved, is always started by God. Because when you read the text, Moses was not looking for God. God was looking for Moses. Moses was minding his own business. Moses wasn't bothering anyone. He had been a fugitive for justice for 40 years. The Egyptian FBI had him on the most wanted list because he had killed an Egyptian. So all Moses was doing was laying in the cut, watching the sheep for his father, father-in-law Jephro. And God shows up in a burning bush. God came to Moses on the backside of the Midian desert because God had work that God wanted Moses to do. Moses didn't start the movement of freedom. God did. In fact, Moses thought he was hallucinating because he saw a bush on fire that was not burning up. And he really thought he was hallucinating when he heard a voice come from the bush calling his name. I, I, I'm here to let you know that when God wants to get your attention, God will do whatever God has to do in order to get your attention. Here's what I want to let you all know how God moves. God will come to the place where you've been hiding and call your name because there's nowhere you can go where God is not. Somebody just missed your shout coup. I said, whenever God has something that God wants for you to do, God will come where you have been very comfortable, where you've been hiding out, where you ain't been bothering nobody and minding your own business and will shake you up. God start bothering you. And I don't know to whom I'm talking to right now, but I'm here to let you know that I believe that right now God is bothering somebody. You've been hiding on your job. You've been hiding at school. You've been hiding in your marriage. You've been hiding with your hobbies. You've been hiding in your business. You've been hiding in your relationships. You've even been hiding in church. But God has been bothering you. And you can't escape what God wants you to do as far as your reality is concerned. I, I, I know that we would love to, if we could, just deal with where we are and remain comfortable where we are. But when God has something for you to do, God will take the initiative 
shake you up as far as your moment of comfortability, commission you and consecrate you and equip you and see you through. I'm here to let somebody know God does not always call those who are equipped. God does not always call the brightest, the smartest, the most intelligent and the richest. Uh, God does not always call those who think they're equipped. God will equip those whom he called. And I know I got a few folks that ain't afraid to testify. You didn't have it all. When you look back over your life, you had some deficits and some deficiencies. But God gave you just what you needed because you came to understand that God had a work, had something that God wanted you to do. I feel something pushing me because when I read the Bible, I see how your Lord, my Lord, takes the initiative to set us free from oppression. When Adam and Eve jacked up our relationship with God and brought on the oppression of sin, it was God that took the initiative to set into motion the coming of Jesus into the world. When the world started acting a fool, it was God that set the initiative and reached out to Noah and said, listen, I want you to build an ark and gather the animals, uh, the clean animals, seven by seven, and the other animals, two by two. Uh, when, when, when God wanted to start a nation, it was God that took the initiative and reached out to Abraham and said, listen, I need you to leave the place of comfortability. I need you to leave your daddy's house. Go to a land that I will show you and I will bless you and make you a great nation. Who am I talking to right now? They ain't afraid to admit that God came into your place of comfortability, stirred it up, messed it up. And so you had to leave from that moment of comfortability because God wanted you to do some work of liberation. The Bible says that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So whenever there's a movement toward freedom, it ain't human initiated. It's always God initiated. But not only does God initiate, but God understands. In verses 7 through 9, God understands. Verses 7 through 9, God tells Moses how he has seen the misery of his people who are in Egypt. How he has heard the cry because of their taskmasters. And how he knows their sufferings. God does not take delight when God's people are suffering. Especially for something they did not bring upon themselves. A pharaoh had come to power and did not remember Joseph. And it was a pharaoh that decided to enslave the people of Israel because he was afraid they would grow up and become powerful and link up with one of their enemies and put Egypt under. In other words, Israel was enslaved for no reason at all, except they were alive and multiplying. Doesn't that sound familiar? Place in slavery because of who you are, doesn't that sound familiar? Suffering needlessly because of who you are, doesn't that sound familiar? Putting up with whips, abusive language, mockery, and demeaning attitude because of who you are suffering needlessly. Uh, we as African Americans had done nothing to the Europeans. I, I mean, Israel had done nothing 
to the Egyptians. And God does not like it when you have to suffer for no reason at all. It's one thing to suffer because you do something stupid. But it's another thing to suffer because somebody doesn't like you because of your race or your gender or your social status or your religion or your educational level. This is why black folks identify with the Israelites because our history connects with them because we too were enslaved for no apparent reason except for the color of our skin. And the interesting thing is that God says, I know about their suffering. I, I, I want you all to know that, that even though we are free physically from the bondage of slavery here in America, they still trying to keep black folks enslaved politically. It's still trying to keep black folks enslaved educationally. They still trying to keep us slave, enslaved economically. Listen, let me tell you something. And, 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 and I know somebody said, oh, you get ready to go talking about politics again. But all this stuff is somehow interconnected. And you got to understand how to flow if you want your freedom. But, but please, ma'am, please, sir, realize that there's a contingent of folk who don't want your vote to count. And they're doing everything they can to limit your access to the ballot box in places where there's a certain party that is in control and that is in charge. They're trying to do everything they can to limit your access to the ballot box. They're getting rid of how many days you can engage in early voting and they're getting rid of drop off as far as your ballots are concerned. And they're trying to do everything they can to constrain uh, the access as far as uh, the black vote is concerned. Don't get it twisted. Don't get confused. Uh, there's a certain group of people that want that crazy man back in the White House again so that he can oppress us and enslave us politically and financially. Listen, let me tell y'all something. I ain't a Democrat. I ain't a Republican. I'm, I'm for the party of God. But I'm here to let you know right now in the name of Jesus that we got to do everything that we can to make sure that we get people registered to vote. Make sure you get to the polls and vote and stop using excuses not to vote. Because if you don't use it, you'll lose it. God says, I know their oppression. Y'all, church, that, 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 that shout me. God says, I know they're suffering. When you suffer needlessly, not because of anything you've done, but just because you're breathing. When you suffer needlessly, not because of anything you've done, but because of the color of your skin. When you suffer needlessly, not because you did something crazy, but because of your gender. When, when God knows your suffering. Whew. I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to shout on this move right now. But here's what I need to let somebody know. That God's got enough information about your suffering that you don't even know. That God knows that the suffering you're enduring right now 
is messing with your self-esteem, it's affecting your emotions, it's messing with your health, it's driving up your blood pressure, it's making you stay up late at night, it's driving you to do drugs and drink, it's about to put you on the brink of insanity, and God said, listen, I'm sick and tired of seeing my people suffer for no unknown reason. He knows about your suffering, and that's why I serve this God. That's why I hook up with this God. God knows how much hell you're putting up with on the job. God knows how much pain you are enduring because of sickness. God knows how much mess you are dealing with when it comes to the kids. God knows how much drama you're facing because of family matters. God knows how discomfort you are because of your stress. God knows how much fear you have because you ain't got enough money. God knows how disappointed you are because you can't find a job. God knows how long you cried because you're trying to make the marriage work. God knows how many times you went back because of the kids. God knows how you wanted to take your life time and time again. God knows how tired you are of the bully in your life. And God says, I have seen their oppression. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad to be able to testify that the God I serve, the Jesus I worship, the Holy Ghost that's in charge of my life, the songwriter said, Jesus knows about all our struggle and he will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Is there anybody in the house that knows that Jesus is your friend and he walks with you and he talks with you and he holds your hand and he guides your step and he reminds you that you ain't going through what you're going through by yourself. I need somebody that ain't ashamed to testify had it not been for the Lord on my side reminding me sustaining me upholding me and guiding me I would have lost my mind and I would have gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs a long time ago but he looked beyond my faults and my suffering and my mess and he saw my needs and he blessed me anyhow who am I talking to in the house that know regardless of what you're going through God can still heal you God can still deliver you God can still make a way out of no way God God can still set you free. God can still defeat your enemies. God can still bring you out and God will free you. He knows all about our struggle. He understands everything you and I are going through. Not only does God initiate and not only does God understand, but then God calls. Verse 10 through 12, God calls Moses to become his instrument of freedom. Now, this is what I want you to understand. It's not Moses who does the freeing. It's God who does the freeing by using Moses. When God got ready to free Israel, God did not say, I'm going to set them free immediately. Ain't nowhere in the text. There is no emancipation proclamation. God said to Moses, I have seen the oppression to which the Egyptians are oppressing them and I'm sending you to go get them. Now here's where you and I need to understand that God did not need Moses to do anything. 
God does not need you to do anything. But what God will do is enlist us. And he included Moses and gave him a promise. I'm going to be with you as you do what I want you to do. Now, I know some of us can't shout on that uh, because we're really under the impression that if we don't do it, it ain't going to get done. Don't look at me funny. Please don't look at me strange. I see the bubble popping over somebody's head right now. Thinking that if you don't sing the song, if you don't read the scripture, if you don't preach the sermon, if you don't show up, ain't nothing going to happen and everything going to be stale. I'm here to let you know God was moving before you got here. God going to be moving when you're dead and gone. God does not need any of us. Certainly don't need me. God does not need any of us to do whatever God wants to do, but God will enlist us that as we do what God wants us to do, God will get the glory because God knows that in our weakness, God's strength is perfected. Now, 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 now can I tell you all what's really interesting about the text? The interesting thing about the text is that God called Moses. Moses, a stammering, stuttering fugitive from justice a murderer to become an instrument of liberation uh-huh all right all right all right i i, I see why y'all can't shout cause a whole lot of us think that we were born, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, got Jesus on our mind. No, no, Moses was a murderer. Moses had a speech impediment and he was a major excuse maker. But when God called Moses, God knew all of that and he called Moses anyhow to do his work. Listen, I want to bless Three of y'all, three of you, I will make four. Because when God calls you and I to embark on a divine assignment with God, God has already factored in our shortcomings, our silliness, and our stupidity. My God, I really wish I had somebody in the house right now who would just be real at least on the first Sunday of the new year and understand you ain't all that. I'm not all that. Had it not been for the grace and mercy of God, there's no telling where any of us would be right now. And we got to understand that God uses us not because of, ooh, God uses us in spite of all of our mess, all of our shortcomings, all of our sin is met with these four words and I will be with you. Am I talking to anybody in the house? They ain't afraid to testify. Had it not been for the Lord on your side, there's no telling where you would be right now. He was with you in the fire. He was with you in the flood. He was with you as you went through your sickness. He was with you when your enemies were harassing you. He was with you when your friends turned their back on you. He was with you. As a matter of fact, somebody in the house right now need to give a God a with you praise because you wouldn't be here right now had it not been for the Lord on your side. (laughs) 
my, 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 t- my time is up. Sit down. Um, God initiates. Oh, go ahead and give him praise. I ain't going to even stop there. God initiates. God understands. God will call you. But then God reveals. Yeah. Uh, God reveals, verse 13 through 15, as I slow walk this text to an end. Verse 13 through 15, Moses said, uh, who are you? When I go to the children of Israel, and I say to them, God of our fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what's your name? Say your name, say your name. What's your name? And, and, and the interesting thing in the text is that Moses is really saying, who are you? See, you got to understand that God's name isn't God. Few of y'all got that. God's, James, God's name isn't God. God is a title. Like you all call me pastor, that's a title. But my parents, Robert, the late Robert Funches and Dr. Scott did not name me pastor. They named me Robert and called me some other things to which I answer. But pastor ain't my name. Pastor is a title. God's name is not God. God is a title. Deacons, deacon ain't your name. Deacon is a title. Madam President, ain't your name. That's a title. It's nowhere on your birth certificate. Uh, Don't confuse a title with a name. Moses wanted a name. Let me tell you something. God had something for Moses. You ain't going to see nothing like this anywhere else in the Bible. God, who speaks from the burning bush, says, you want a name? I'll give you a name. (laughs) You want a name? I'll give you what scholars call the tetragrammaton. You you want a name? I'll give you a name. Here it is. I am who I am. That's my name. (laughs) <laughs> Y'all, I'm, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying not to, not to run around church right now, but he's saying, I am uh, who I am. That, that's my name. Uh, tell them I am sent you. Y'all, what kind of name is I am? I tell you what, that's the best name I know for God beside the name of Jesus. You all, I feel like hollering right now and running down this middle aisle, but I'll be out of breath. Can I break it down for you before we shout together? Can can I really break it down for you so we can shout 
in just a few moments because if you get this now, you're going to be able to shout in about two minutes and 45 seconds. As a matter of fact, you may not even wait to shout then. You might find yourself shouting now before I close this sermon. Oh God, help me preach this thing. When God revealed God's self to Moses and said, I am who I am, then he shortens it to what? I am. Then he finally calls himself what? The Lord. This is the name that identifies God as the covenant God of Israel. His name is spelled in the Hebrew W-H-Y-H. We pronounce it Yahweh in the Hebrew Jehovah in the English. His name is so sacred. It's so special that the vowels are left out of it. His name is so sacred that the people were afraid to speak it. His name was so sacred they were even afraid to write it on down. They would draw a circle and put a line through it. That's why the Jews don't even say Yahweh. They call him Adonai which is the Lord. Woo! I feel like hollering and preaching right now. The name Yahweh, the name Jehovah, the name Adonai is referring to the God who is eternal, the God who is sovereign, the God who is self-sustaining, the God who is self-determining, the God who is totally sovereign, the God who is transcendent. I'm talking about the God who is immutable. That means he does not change. I'm talking about the God who is sovereign. That means he has all power. I'm talking about the God who has been, is, and shall be the God who did not begin to be. I'm talking about a God who does not have a beginning nor an end. So when God says, I am who I am, this is all that God is saying. God says, I was who I was. God said, I will be who I will be. God is saying, I was who I will be. God is saying, I will be who I was. God is saying, I am the one who did not begin to be. The I amness of God basically means when God says I am, God is whatever you need him to be. I'm closing y'all. May the Lord bless you real good. Can I let my Mississippi come out? Because when I think about God and all that he has done, is there anybody at St. Paul that ain't afraid to worship and afraid to witness the God of the I am? I am bread in a starving land. I am water in dry places. I am a shelter in a time of storm. I am your burden bearer. I am your heart fixer. I am your heavy load sharer. I am your mind regulator. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the great shepherd. I am the great door. I know all of that is esoteric, but I need somebody that ain't afraid to testify that he is the I am. Because when you know that he is who he is, he'll be what you need him to be. Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good and happy first Sunday of the new year. But I need somebody in the church right now. They ain't afraid to testify and give God praise to the I amness of our God. I am doctor in a sick room. I am lawyer in a courtroom. I am friend when you're friendless. I am mother when you're motherless. I am father when you're fatherless. I am lord of lords. I am king of kings. I am the great I am. And when you know who God is and you know what God has done, you can give God praise.
raised on the I amness of God. What has God been for you? Has he opened a door for you? Has he lifted up a bow down head? Has he wiped tears from your eyes? Because when you think about God and all he has done, you can't be afraid to give God praise. So I need somebody that ain't afraid to lift up holy hands, throw back your head, open up your mouth, even through your mask, and give God a praise for whatever he's been in your life. I'm closing y'all. May the Lord bless you real good, but won't he free you? Won't he deliver you? Won't he heal you? Won't he hold your hand? Won't he guide your step? Say yes! Say yes! Say yes! Come on, I dare you to worship him right now. I dare, I dare you to worship him. I dare you to praise him. He is the God of our freedom. is just as real now regardless of what your bondage is than he was with our slave forbearers and with the children of Israel Right now, part of your freedom just be you shouting it out and worshiping it out. 